Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, base campers. I hope you're all doing well. As promised, we continue with our series of episodes about the walkaways or those who have dared to leave the left or leave the church of the woke. I like how we're unfolding season five. Sometimes we're diving into a walkaway episode. Sometimes it's Bitcoin. Sometimes it's about how the spiritual war is unfolding and what we, the people, need to be aware of. Hopefully it all ties together for you. I do feel this show is in God's hands. There is a synchronicity and grace in how the guests arrive and even what I feel inspired to share in dialogue with you about. Hopefully, you will feel the show is giving you some insights and resources that you're not hearing elsewhere. Or maybe it's just reinforcing something in you, an alignment with truth, perhaps. Today's conversation is one of my recent favorites. Carrie Smith and I, Carrie is the creator of Deprogram, share our walkaway stories. Both of us longtime liberals, each of us using our innate wisdom and discernment to find the road less traveled, and then using podcasts to call back to those that may also need to find the road back to sanity, back to truth. Enjoy today's episode. My guest today is Carrie Smith. Carrie is a thought leader, a walk away from the radical left's woke ideology, and the creator and host of the podcast and YouTube channel Deprogrammed. Here is my interview with Carrie Smith. All right, I am here with Carrie Smith, thought leader, walk away, podcaster, Carrie Smith. Carrie, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It is great to have you on the show. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, your name has come up a number of times. I've I've sort of cherry-picked a couple of your guests, <laughs> like uh Kelly Lamb and Gracie West. And they, oh. they made, yeah, they made terrific episodes with me. And I was like, hey, can you give me an introduction to Carrie? I'd love to have Carrie on the show. I love the work you're doing. Um, and we, you and I are both uh we both get the walk away label, meaning walked away from the woke left. Some would say walked away from the Democratic Party if you're American, uh, but walk away we did. And I guess my first question, you and I are, are, I'm older than you. So, you know, my, my experience is, you know, I, I identified for 30 years as a traditional liberal and then things happen. And I'll talk about that in just a bit, but you're young, you're younger than me. So when you came out of university, you and your peers were really social justice warriors, feminist studies and all that, that, that was a, a different iteration than my generation. Um, and so I guess I just, the first question is just, so you, you get out of college and you're, you're a feminist or a social justice warrior. That's your identity as a, as a lefty. Um, and you're just cruising along, like, uh, what happened? Like, how did, what happened that had you start to question the narrative or, or, you know, what, what was the impetus for you to start to go, wait a minute, what, what's going on here with the way that I'm approaching things? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Thank you. I just, it, it didn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I was in it actually for about 20 years. Sure. So, uh, I did, I like to say I picked it up at college, <laughs> but that yeah. truly is when I was first introduced to some of the uh, be- parts of the belief system. And I was, I was a women's studies minor. So I was a biological anthropology and anatomy major, but my minor was women's studies. And as part of that minor, I was taking um, queer studies, critical race theory. Um, I even took classes on porn. This was at Duke university wow. um, yeah. in, in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. and. 
when I picked it up, it was basically, I thought of it as a form of liberalism. And I most often over those two decades called myself a progressive or a liberal, you know, someone on the left. And I, I believed that it was what it says it is, which is a belief system that is that is about ending oppression, all forms of oppression, and about ending bigotry and ending racism, ending sexism. It's about equality. Um, and what I didn't realize, and I don't think maybe you can't realize this until you get out of it, was that I had I had adopted it as a almost like a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, what got me out of it? Well, I was in it for two decades. I took it into my workplace. A lot of people my age, we took it into um, whatever fields we were in, whether it was entertainment or journalism or um, politics or education. And I took it into entertainment um, with me. And I was in it for a while. And then um, and then what happened? Well, okay, around 2016, when Trump was running, I I started seeing, I don't know, there were things that's, that I think became so shocking, I couldn't ignore them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that year, I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube of videos of watching people on the left, people who were presumably on my side, attacking Trump supporters, like physically attacking them, mm-hmm. um, mobbing them outside of Trump events, throwing bricks at them, bloodying them. One girl, they cornered and were throwing eggs at her. And in, and at the time, the YouTube algorithm would show you more videos like this. Like when you finish a video, it would show you another one. So mm-hmm. I saw a lot of these videos and I just, it left me in tears. I didn't know this was happening. It wasn't something, it wasn't part of the narrative that I knew. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and and I think that was like the first, it was a very emotional thing is, is the first crack in the foundation of my beliefs. And then after that, there were several other things. There were um, friends in my social circle who seemed to be celebrating almost when the, when the sniper in Dallas killed uh, uh, several police officers at a Black Lives Matter rally. I had friends in my world who were like, they were simultaneously saying, we can't blame this on Black Lives Matter. He's just a lone gunman there at the BLM rally. But at the same time, they were saying things like, well, some old white men are going to have to die. Mm -hmm. And that was maybe the second thing that really gripped me was like, what is going on here? And so uh, things started to kind of fall apart for me in terms of the foundation of that belief system. But it, it it was a slow process. It wasn't overnight. Like I, at the very beginning, I remember I wasn't questioning the ideology itself. I was questioning whether we had lost our way. I was kind of trying to talk to people like, hey, like we're losing focus. You know, we don't support violence. Like we don't support like physical violence against people who disagree with us. And I was finding that people were sort of like, well, yeah, we do. <laughs> like, yeah, so. yeah. I don't I don't know if you found this out, but I mean, I never got treated so bad as when I shifted over. Like I kind of had a same reaction, a little bit different than you was when Trump was elected. I was all up in arms because I was still identified as a liberal. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing to ever happen. But then, yeah, kind of like a series of things like you described, I started to get like my bullshit detector started to come up where I was like, wait a minute, what? This doesn't seem scaled. Like, I feel like they're playing me a little bit, like to be all up in arms over every little thing. Like I I can't do this for four years. I've got to, I've got to back out of this. And then as I started to make my way into, I never really considered 
that I was moving towards being a conservative. I was just needing to get out of the insanity that I was seeing in the in the silo that I was in. And I, you know, I had been treated well by people that were conservatives when I was a full-on liberal. I mean, I never got called names, at least not to my face. And then when I shifted and started to question some of the assumptions that I was seeing, oh my God, it was cancel culture. It was, you're not one of us. And I mean, and including some really nasty stuff. And I was just like, whoa, like I didn't see this coming. I thought we could disagree about certain issues, but it turns out if I don't comply completely with your views on X, Y, and Z, then I'm excommunicated from this group, it looks like. And that's exactly what happened. I don't know if you had any kind of variation of that, but I mean, for, I mean, I, I retain, uh, we'll talk about this in a bit, but I I feel like I'm a pretty open-minded person and accepting of your views. Like if you have a different viewpoint on the vaccines or you have a different viewpoint on wearing masks or, or Trump, you know I mean? I don't, that's fine. But it was like they were saying, if you don't check these 20 boxes, then you're out and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to unfriend you, unfollow you, smear you, uh, cancel you. It's a good thing you got kicked off Twitter for questioning Fauci because you're insane. Like I just got called so many names and I was like, whoa, I mean, it was like, in a way it validated my move in a way, which is weird to to say, right? Like why all my old friends getting mad at me and excommunicating me, validating me. But for some reason it strengthens something in me. I don't know if you found this to be. Oh, it does. Well, Well, it's like if you leave, if you're dating someone and you start to get some red flags and you break up with them and then they act in a crazy way and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, thanks for validating my choice. Totally. Break up with you. Yeah. Because you're a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did you lose a lot of friends? Did you feel like you lost friends that you'd been friends with for 20 years or? I did, but, um, so a lot of times I like to say social justice words. We, if we don't have friends, we have allies. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that's kind of a joke, but sort of serious also, because a lot of people I realized that our friendship wasn't any deeper than our shared ideology. Mm. That if I did not share the same belief system, and as you said, it's not one thing, it's all of it. Mm-hmm. If I didn't share all of it, then I was like dead to them. Yeah. And that's not a friendship. And and as you said, I found that a lot of the people who call themselves conservatives, the people I was meeting, some of the first conservatives I was like hanging out with and stuff, um, they were much more open-minded than the people I had been hanging out around, you know, for 20 years with on the left. Mm -hmm. And that took me a while to wrap my head around. I think it's because this ideology, social justice or woke or whatever you want to call it, Yep. It's not liberal. It's it's on the left, true, but it is um an authoritarian ideology and it's very rigid like a cult. Yep. And so the people who practice it, some of them it, it, who get into it, um I believe are innately yes, very op- open-minded people, but it forces them to shut their their brains off. It almost mm. like cages your brain. And they become unwilling to think outside of the that rigid uh, set of set of rules. I, I think I think for traditional liberals, 
the whole woke and transgendered, all the Marxism that was was starting to be put in the schools and in the media, I think it caught everybody a little flat-footed. Because, mm-hmm. like, oh, we can we can adapt to that. We can include, you know, because I don't care. I mean, I, I have gay friends. I have no issues with, with gay people or lesbians. I don't really, you know, I don't even care if you want to change your gender if that's your jam, right? Like, go ahead if that's what makes you happy. Um, but I just feel like the woke stuff kept impeding a little bit more, a little bit more until all of a sudden traditional liberals were like, what in the hell is all this? Like you could wake up, you know, after months of trying to integrate the next iteration of LGBT, get it like the, the next thing, pedophilia, whatever they want to tack on to say, Hey, this is okay with us now too. Um, and go, you know what? I haven't really examined my value system, but this is starting to get a long ways away from what I think is just kind of common sense. Um, and that's not to point the finger at any group of people necessarily. It was just this narrative that the more, the more you step back from it, the more you went, you know what, it looks insane from here. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I don't know what you want to say about that. I was kind of just riffing there on, you know, traditional liberals. I feel like you know, they got their hearts in the right place, but they kept giving these larger and larger doses of Marxism. And I know a bunch of them are good people and they've just struggled mightily to try to integrate this and not leave the left. I think the last thing a lot of liberals I know, they don't want to leave the left because, you know, the left's been good to them. The left accepted them. The left gave them their diversity and their, and their, and their, you know, live and let live philosophy. And so, and, you know, they got a lot of friends and family and they're just like, you know, I don't want to leave this. Like, I don't know what's over there in those, those crazy other circles that I've avoided my whole life. Right. Yeah. It's it. I think some of it's an identity thing where this is also why when you're talking about people becoming so vicious and cruel on the left, when you leave the left, I think I think that's an uh, an example of when people have mistaken their ideas or their ideology for their identity. Mm-hmm. And so many on the left have done that, where uh, if you attack their belief system, if something they believe, an opinion of theirs, they take it personally. They take it as if it were a personal attack on them as a human being. Yeah, And they will sometimes respond in kind. They will start personally attacking you. And you're like, whoa, whoa, where'd the personal attacks come from? I'm just criticizing your beliefs. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. But to them, it's not. To them, it feels like you're attacking them personally. That's why they come at you personally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like they can't distinguish between the two. Like, where do their ideas end and where do they begin? And, right, right. Um, and so, uh, but but speaking of liberals and and liberals and how they look at woke i know several who um i I think those tend to be the ones who are able to snap out of it faster the ones who are definitely more in that classical liberal space um and they and i and so i know several who i know i'm thinking of one right now he would have described himself as progressive though yeah his whole life and you know like crunchy Dennis totally. Kucinich kind oh, of yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. and, My kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the peace bumper sticker and, you know, anti-war yeah. and everything. He voted for Trump this last election. Crazy. And I know. he didn't know what else to do. He was like, I feel sick to my stomach, uh, but I also felt like it was the right thing to do. Yeah. 
but that feeling sick to your stomach in some ways it's because like you said your whole identity in some ways has been wrapped up in in your politics and so yeah. to then go over to the other side or vote for the other side it's like such I a know. scary thing <laughs> well and well and and, and also like the cool ones were always on the left. Like it was the musicians yeah. and the actors and all the urbanites and the New Yorkers. And, you know, like oh, that was the left and the right was always like the people that lived in the fly, like the Midwest, you know, the Oklahoma people, you know, like I identified with the sophisticated group, you know, I read books and stuff like that. And so it was, you know, <laughs> it took something to take the move over but I, I one thing i wanted to ask you is like comparing the two if we're just going to be oversimplified here and say you know moved out of the silo that's the left into something it could be libertarian it could be conservative it could be moderate i don't know but a move out of the woke uh marxist let's say uh you know agenda what is something maybe a characteristic that you've retained and you're proud to have retained it having learned it from the left. And then is what, what is something that maybe surprised you pleasantly with your arrival in a new group? Cause my conversations changed drastically when I changed tribes. Um, and then maybe, yeah, what is something that, that surprised you about the right that, you know, the left with their narrative about what those people are like, definitely had it wrong. Well, a lot of the narrative that I believed as I mentioned before, going down that rabbit hole and seeing people on the left attacking Trump voters, mm -hmm. that's when I first started to realize my narrative was wrong. What I believed was wrong. I had believed Trump voters were violent, but I couldn't find any videos of them doing that. Right. I couldn't find any videos of the opposite. So a lot of my narrative was wrong. And I believed, like you said, um, some of the some of the stereotypes you were mentioning. I don't know. I believed that um, the conservatives weren't as intellectual Sure. They weren't as open-minded or loving or tolerant. They were more bigoted. Mm -hmm. They um, just just more like cave people. So yeah, <laughs> it's just totally. Like, and and uh, it's funny to say it, right? <laughs> like yeah, well, but, but it's, it's true. It's, it's like not, that's how we saw it. Yeah, yeah, it's not true. And I I had a lot of those stereotypes about Christians too, in particular. Totally. Yeah, and, and then when I started leaving the left. And again, it was a slow process. What I started doing, I started doing these things in Austin called civility dinners because I wanted to meet some conservatives um, and I I knew some liberals. And so I went to a few places where I would be likely to meet conservatives. I started inviting them to the dinner and I was getting this good mix of people who um, were, they knew they were coming to the dinner to talk to people on the other side. They wanted to be there. So it was self-selecting for people who wanted to have dialogue. But at those dinners... Uh, this couple who's now they're, they're some of my great friends, but this one couple came and, uh, the more I was talking, they were Christians. And the more I was talking to them, I was like, this guy's one of the smartest people I think I've ever met. Mm. And he went to Dartmouth, not that you have to go to a good school, but he went to good. He was just shattering a lot of my stereotypes, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And, um, so a lot of, a lot of my stereotypes about not just conservatives, but about Christians have just been shaken to the core. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and, um, I've also come to realize that a lot of times when people do go to these so-called good schools on the left, they're actually being brainwashed in some way, like I was, to such a degree that they're not really using that intellect anyway. Right. Um, have you heard that quote? I forget who said it, but it's like, there are some things 
so stupid that only an intellectual could believe them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I really think that's true. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff that's going on right now in culture, that's just like, I cannot oh, yeah. believe that we're saying this is okay. Yeah. But it, you have to be an intellectual to do the gymnastics necessary to convince the, yourself and the, convince your brain that this is fine. The whole, we don't know what a man is. We don't know what a woman exactly. is. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> exactly. you're, you're literally going to take up airspace for two hours with this. Are you <laughs> joking me? Like, I can't even, I'm like, are, I'm looking around like, who's listening to this shit? I mean, it's unbelievable, but hey, this is where we're at. So let them spin the wheels. But yeah, it, it it's unreal. You know, one of the things that I re proudly retain, I think, from my time on the left is, is tolerance of different lifestyles, different people. I love humanity. I love the diversity of humanity, like true diversity, not the way they're presenting right. diversity and inclusion. We're going to slide a bunch of shaming stuff for, you know, white people in there that I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, I really honestly, my, my time on the left taught me to love, I lived in New York city for 10 years. I just love humanity. I love the variety. I love people of all ages and different skin colors and different, uh, lifestyles. It's just part of what I learned. And I just love that. I'm never changing that. I'm never going to give that back. Right. Um, and then one of the things that really surprised me on the right is as I, as I started to get more friends in there is just they're such fighters on principle. Like they're the underdogs right now. Like they've been canceled, like all of the social media up till, you know, Elon Musk take over at Twitter, all the social media, really the dominant ones were, were taken over and run by, by the woke. And so people in that kind of libertarian or right leaning or Christian tribe, they didn't really have much of a, a way to voice what they were concerned about. And so I just found them to be like the underdogs and I'm a sucker for an underdog story, oh, especially, same. especially when they've got, especially when they've got their hearts on their sleeve They're you know, and you might not be a Christian, but these people are like fighting for our kids. They're fighting against, you know, this weird globalist agenda that's trying to jam all this stuff down people's throats as the truth. And I, I just, I find the fight in the Christians and the fight in the right to be endearing to me because they have been, they have been kicked over and these people don't matter. And let's see if we can cancel them to the point where they won't even speak up. And they don't because they have so much heart. And I, and that part has been surprising and very endearing to me. And I, I would have never predicted that when I was on the left and I was judging the right, you know what I mean? Yes. I hear, I hear you. They are the underdogs and they, and which is funny because the left so many people on the left, I think they view themselves as the underdogs. They don't get yeah. it. They don't have an accurate vision. There's they're looking at the world in a from a skewed uh, perspective. Yeah. But it's the right. They're truly the underdogs. They the past few years, you know, the amount of censorship, yeah, is just. It, I, I don't. It's it leaves me speechless sometimes that we've allowed it to get to that point. And then a lot of times when I talk to, I still have friends on the left mm -hmm. who are in that echo chamber, who are in that world. I was in, I have some friends. There was a great unfriending that happened. Sure. The, one, the ones that kept, yeah. you know, were willing to be friends with me. Um, I will talk to them sometimes and they're like, what do you mean censorship on the right? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do you truly not even see it? That's amazing. <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, what censorship? So, I, I don't know. I think I answered your question. What was something no, you did. left that I liked? Um, yeah, it's something you retain, okay. like something that you something that you retain from seeing the world that way, a quality maybe that you that still I think there's a part like we to your point earlier where because we've walked away, they you know, I, I guess I say that because I, I say what I still claim as my own qualities because um there's things I'm really grateful that I learned over there. And I'm probably, and I'm going to take that oh, yeah. with me the whole way. I'm never going to not be tolerant of different lifestyles. I'm never going to not love humanity and all of its diversity. You know, I, I, and so, yeah, I guess well, I say, I, I say a- that to help build the bridge because I think people think, oh, you're leaving the left. That means every single thing we stand for you're against. It's like, no, that's not what we're saying. You know? No, that doesn't make any sense because the, mm-hmm. the thing is the world has changed. And so. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the open-minded people, they're no longer on the left anyway. So, right, so right. it's not like it's an, a characteristic of the left anymore. The world mm-hmm. is changing. Mm-hmm. It used to be. Yeah, it used to be in the 90s that the the fund, religious fundamentalists were on the right, the ones who were trying to ban CDs and books. And right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, now they're on the left, the yeah. religious fundamentalists. The religion just happens to be woke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're woke That's... Puritans. Yeah. But, but it's, you know. It used to be the it used to be the right. Now it's the left. Um, well, to your point, one thing I guess I don't know if this is a function of the left or not, but um, I do tend to have a lot of different kinds of friends, like different kinds of people, mm-hmm. and I have encountered only once recently um, someone who is a Christian who to who and I'm a new Christian. I'm, I'm a Christian. Me too. The past couple of years. Yep. Okay. And I've I had this this one person who's just kind of a negative interaction where uh, the the disagreement came down to the fact that um, I I do choose to use a person's preferred pronouns depending on the person mm-hmm. who's asking and how they ask and what I think their motivations are yep. and what else they're de- are they demanding things of me or not it's on a case by case basis sure. and so if it's a person like I've had several people on deprogram on my on my podcast who are trans I've had mm-hmm. Buck Angel uh, Sarah Higdon my friend Suhaila uh, so it's a res- it's a respect there's several yeah, yeah yeah I can't even yeah. remember all anyway yep. the point is if if I respect them though. And they're not demanding. Those are people who they don't pretend like they're like biological sex isn't real. Right. And, and they don't pretend like they're not transitioning from one thing to another, like they're not trying to present as the other. And right. they'll be the first to tell me, you know, I have a, a mental disorder. It's called gender dysphoria mm-hmm. where I, I have physical discomfort in my body mm-hmm. and I've tried everything. And the one thing that's left that works for me best is to try and present as the opposite sex. Yeah. But I'm not under no illusions that I'm the opposite sex. Right. right, I'm not asking you to pretend, but it makes me feel more comfortable to try and and go out in the world presenting that way. So that kind of person who says that it's like, you're being honest and vulnerable with me. And I have no problem. um, Like calling my friend, Sarah, she, for example, and, you know, knowing that Sarah's a biological male who's choosing to present as female. I don't have a mm-hmm. problem with that. Yep. However, here's my rules. I'll never use a made up word like zers and yeah. zoopla boop, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. doing it. And I'll never, and I'll never use they, them. 
And and I also won't use the opposite sex pronouns if I feel like you're an authoritarian and a controlling person who's just yeah. trying to um who gain control of people and who and who doesn't and who doesn't command respect like it, like respect is earned. So totally. someone who's out there like Dylan Mulvaney is very famous trans person who's who's out in society right now meeting with the president meeting with president biden mm-hmm. dylan mulvaney has is on the record saying that he thinks uh it should be illegal for people to call him he yeah well okay you know you're yeah, an authoritarian yeah. i'm not going to respect your wishes and i'll totally. never call you your preferred pronouns and that's just my that's a long rambling i'm sorry it took so no, long oh it's beautiful i love the it point yeah. being like i came to those that opinion on my own that's my opinion and I thought about it long and hard, and maybe one day I'll change. And I do well, understand. I have friends who won't use the cro- the opposite sex pronouns no matter what, right? But so yeah. one of these people is a Christian I know who basically uh, rebuked me. I've never been rebuked before. Told me I was being rebuked, mm-hmm. um, that I'm spreading the lies of Satan because because I call my friend Sarah she, mm-hmm. and uh that I'm participating in the lie, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was trying to talk to this person. I was like, well, I know that Sarah's not a a, a woman. And and so does Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't view it as participating in a lie because I'm not going out saying Sarah's a woman, like get with it. Right. And right. Uh, so I was trying to have that conversation and understand each other better. And I think what it came down to is that this person's actually never opened their heart to people who are different at all. So they don't know any trans people. And I was kind of saying like, and this person was like, well, you know, you're not going to win any trans person to Christ by participating in the lie. And I was like, you know what? I was, I didn't, I didn't want to say this, but it's like, I've actually brought a trans friend to church before and you didn't even know. Like, 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 and, and you, and the point is like that, I mean, they're not going to, the way in which that person wants me, to live my life is is so close-minded yeah. that I would never be friends with a person yeah. in the first place because you don't become friends by saying, oh, what's your name, Sarah? Uh, okay, what's your birth name that your parents gave you? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and you better tell me because I ain't calling you Sarah. And by the yeah. way, did you know you're a man? Let's do an interview on my channel. Like, no. <laughs> like, right. so- I, I, ac- I actually really like the way that you approach it. Um <laughs> I, I, I kind of came, you know, I came up before all the pronoun stuff. I, you know, I was, I'm a family guy. I'm older than you. Like, I'm just kind of like, what's going on with that? The writer in me is like, I'm not calling a single one person a they. That's ridiculous. Like the person that that writes is like, that's terrible grammar. Yeah. Like, no. But I also like what I heard in your telling of your distinction of when to use it, whether it's authoritarian and shaming you, like, how dare you call me a he is I think it's a really good litmus test because your your other guests share with you their heartfelt struggles to be human and it opens your heart up like what I heard in that telling of you saying I will call you your preferred pronoun because you've got my heart you I I resonate with your struggle as a human being and you're not trying to control me and you don't and it seems your your sweet little desire to say, can you call me this? I know it's, you know, I know it's, it goes against the grain. There's such humanity in that. And I think that's the difference is like, you're just using your own heart to say, 
you know, uh, you're not trying to get somewhere. You're just trying to help me understand your struggle a bit as a human. And I want to understand it. And I think that's, yeah. a really, I think that's a really beautiful way to distinguish those. And, and I think about other sins or, or quote unquote sins, but mm-hmm. maybe you could think of them as different, um, struggles that people have, or maybe mental health issues or what have you. And, and I don't think this person who was rebuking me would treat those the same way. For example, um, if you are obese and you're my friend, I'm not going to, every time I see you say, Hey, did you know you're obese? I'm just a truth teller here. Right. Like, like don't, yeah. I, I, I can certainly don't shoot the messenger. Right. Exactly. It's like, you just don't do that. That's not how oh. you go out in the world. And I don't know if that's a function of being the left. Actually, I don't, I don't know if necessarily it is, if it is, but I mean, I did when I was on the left, I worked, um, I worked with a lot of, at one point I worked with a lot of drag queens and trans mm. people. And just by virtue of one of the comedians I worked with and I was producing a burlesque show with a lot of, a lot of queer people. And so, um, mm. at a, I guess pretty young age was around just, you know, all different kinds of people. And, um, I just don't have that kind of, uh, uh I, I don't know. I just don't have, whatever that is, I don't have it in me to be like, what, I have to, I have to rebuke you. And that's the way to get you to, yeah. to know about the love of Jesus. That's why I say, I don't know if it comes from the left. Cause I actually feel like this is a Jesus thing. I'm like, no, I also no. can't see Jesus being like, you know, um, let's break bread by the way, you're a whore. Like, you know yeah, I mean? He, yeah. he was truthful, but he wasn't cruel. <laughs> oh, he, and he loved people. Have you been watching the chosen? Have you been? No, I heard there's, oh, I have a lot so of friends incredible. who are controversy over it. Right. Like there's a big, some people love it. Some people hate it or. Well, I mean, I'm a new Christian as well. Like my dad was a longtime Catholic. I did not go that way. He didn't, he let me choose for myself. And I, you know, as a good leftist, good liberal, I studied all kinds of Eastern religion and Eastern wisdom traditions and learned how to meditate and had spiritual teachers and learned a tremendous amount. But then everything we've talked about sort of brought me back around to the teachings of Christ. And I, I find myself in the same boat as you, where I'm new. I learned so much from watching the show. He was such a badass, like such a rebel. (laughs) He was such a rebel, man. He was so like for humanity and so against the authorities and the, and the sort of orthodox ways that um, the Pharisees were trying to jam down the rules. And he, he was, he threw off rules. He didn't like that. He, he, he saw people as people and was trying to awaken this kind of divinity in people, this connection to God that was inside of people. And that's what he was about. And I, I've, my wife and I both, and there it's beautifully filmed and there's so many moments moments of humanity between uh uh his ragtag group of followers that were just couldn't struggle to get it right you know i just you see so much of us in the story and and he was just so forgiving and so you know encouraging them to be courageous in in what they were going to face and i i just really appreciated the whole thing so i want to check it out you you have to i think you're really going to love it and and they have a beautiful way of doing it it's that you watch it for free and if you like it you pay it forward by paying somebody else's viewing subscription and i just think that's a really beautiful way uh, and and a way to, to watch it that's in alignment with the spirit of. Oh of, wow, of, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I've never heard of that before. 
Yeah, yeah. So, well, Carrie, thanks so much. What do you have? You have deprogrammed. How often does that come out? Uh, what do you got going? And and like, what other what other creative projects are you working on that you might want our listeners to know about? Are you writing a bunch? What's oh, what's yeah. going on in your world? Yeah. Well, uh, deprogrammed is a podcast you can find um, on YouTube. We do so on Thursdays are my interviews, and I mostly on Thursdays during interviews I like to talk to people about my old ideology social justice or woke, whatever you call it, just to help people better understand it, to help myself better understand it. So I'll do interviews with people. Like recently I had Dr. Joel Brown, who's um, someone who's also recently moved from the social justice left mm-hmm. and moved away from it and found God. Um, I've talked to people like gothics and um, James Lindsay. Sometimes I'll have academics like James Lindsay on to try and, come at it from from that place and help define what it is Mm -hmm. um anyway thursdays are for interviews mondays and fridays i do a live show on the same channel and that's just kind of talking about what's in the news and what's in my mind and i have different guests on and we have a good time and try not to let the crazy times bring us down um (laughs) wednesday nights we do i do a live show with my friend that's about pop culture specifically Mm -hmm. and and that's really kind of a nerd show because we'll we'll go back and just look at at different topics like um black exploitation films and their place in culture and oh nice and, yeah you know what they what they led to and things like that um and what what do i have coming up well i'm going to be hosting minds fest which is in it, this this year it's going to be in austin on april 15th mm-hmm. and they're going to be speakers there like peter bogosian jack Posobiec, uh tim pool um and i'll be hosting that at the vulcan Mm-hmm. And people can get info at minds.com. Um, and then and then we are putting out on my channel, Deprogram, we're putting out our first comedy video this week, which I'm very excited about. Because awesome. I think one of the best ways to like help people, that's maybe a disarming way of criticizing my old belief system and to help people see some of the things that are wrong with it, is just use comedy. Absolutely. So, so we have a sketch coming out that I'm so excited about. I, <laughs> I hope it's I, funny. That's awesome. I You know, I think uh, to your point, some of the most effective awakening red pills for people have been these funny ass memes that you see <laughs> that shows the absurdity of whether it's the COVID tyranny or just the yes. woke. Like there is some really funny snapshots of memes that capture a whole bunch of things in a really funny way. And I'm a big fan of memes and comedy to sort of bring people along because, you know, it, it we just take it too seriously sometimes. And I feel like people want to awaken. They want upliftment. Um, I love your content, everything that you're doing. So we're, we're going to support your show. Um, thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on and sharing your insights and your wisdom. I really appreciate your time and your, in, and your perspective today. So thank you so much. Thank you, Tony. It was nice to meet you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our time with Carrie Smith as much as I did. Her and I are in alignment on so many things. It's really fun to chat with her. It resonated with me when she said that wokeism is an authoritarian ideology, that you must comply or else. It's so true. And I also love how she handles the pronoun thing for transgendered individuals. It's the first time I've heard such a humanist distinction, and I like it. I'm going to adopt it. And to find Carrie and her work, go to her YouTube channel, Deprogram, for all sorts of excellent content. Thank you, base campers, and we'll see you around the fire next week. 
If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.